The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Larry Connors, uh, who is the Managing Director at Connors Research, a private uh, research firm that specializes in uh, qualitative analysis uh, for trading. Welcome to the show, Larry. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, just briefly, just tell people the kind of experience you've had in uh, doing uh, short-term trading and technical analysis. Well, I've been doing this for, now goes on about 27 years. Um, I, um, I started back in 1981, Merrill Lynch. The, uh, the Dow was at 800 at the time, and uh, it had a quite, quite a run since that time. And um, pri- primarily, um, our main focus, as you mentioned, is on, is on short-term trading. It's very, it's very much on um, focusing on periods anywhere from three to five days on average on, on any position that we hold. Okay. And you've come out with a new book called Short-Term Trading Strategies That Work, uh, people can find out more about it at your website, and tell us what your website and phone number is where they can find out more about it. Sure. There's the, the main website that, that we started um, about a decade ago is tradingmarkets.com, and they can find the book at, a, at tradingmarkets.com. They can also find it at tradersgalleria.com. Um, also, the book is available on amazon.com. And, and these they, all, say that again? There's a phone number as well uh, for people to find out about it? Yes, there's a phone number, and they can get an if they'd like to get an autographed copy. The phone number is eight eight is eight 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 five four three eight zero zero three. And what are some of the services that are offered at your uh, website uh, after people get the book to follow you on an ongoing basis? Um, I put a, I, I do a daily um, I do a daily service um, which we which I put out each morning before the market opens, which basically talks about what I what I see for the market for the upcoming day. Um, some of the some stocks for the, that we that we're looking at, both on the long side and the short side, and the special focus um, on ETFs. We've um, we've we've begun allocating more time and resources to ETF research and also ETF trading. So we're we're really focusing um, a, a good deal of um, of that within the within the daily service. ETFs play a major role now. And why should people use ETFs instead of individual stocks for your strategies? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I believe ETFs, at least in my opinion, ETFs are safer than individual stocks. We've all seen what, what, what type of damage individual stocks can do. Um, and, and, and some of that is tied into corporate risk. Um, it, when you have an individual stock, a company can end up missing earnings or an analyst can downgrade the stock or there could be some sort of negative news event that can cause a stock to lose 20 30 40% overnight. Um, that doesn't happen. Um, that, that really happens in the ETFs. So e- ETFs tend to be a safer place for people to be trading and investing. And you can see it in the volume that's coming into the ETFs. There's now over 700 ETFs that are out there. And the volume just continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger in them as more money, more people begin um, seeing that it is a safer vehicle to be, to be trading and also investing in. So there's more liquidity in those, and you can't get upset by an individual... CEO problem or individual analyst, you have the diversity of opinion that way is what you're saying. Exactly. You're exactly right. Okay. Now, in your book, which, again, is called Short-Term Trading Strategies That Work, you have several different rules, and I want to go over some of these different rules. Uh, they go into the more depth in the book, but at least get some of these across so that people can get some sense of how to trade uh, actively. 
Uh, the first one is to buy pullbacks, not breakouts. And many of these rules are things uh, that people typically hear the opposite. <laughs> they normally yeah. say uh, something is broken out above a, a trend line, and that's the time to get into it. You're saying, don't wait for that, do the opposite. And, and why does that work? That's right. Um, well, 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 first, by, by just, we'll, we'll take a step back. Well, what we do is we, we tend to quantify everything. Um, we try to quantify everything. Um, the director of research of my research company was one of the senior um, designers of Excel for Microsoft back in the 90s. So he, he, he and his team have the ability to go in and, and quantify um, market behavior. And, and what we do is we, we, we basically we have a database of over 8.5 million trades that go back to 1995. And we run different tests to see there. And you see certain themes that come out. One of the themes that comes out is that buying stocks on pullbacks um, tend to outperform buying stocks that are broken out. And, and, you, and you see that um, on a historical basis. When you, when you look at it on millions of trades, um, you'll see the fact that buying a stock after it's pulled back, basically buying low, is better than buying high. And then just the opposite. We want to be selling into that type of strength. So when, the, when these stocks are beginning to break out, when the strengths have, have come into them, um, we're looking to be selling into that strength. It's basically the same way that the specialists and the market makers have made their money and have traded for decades. Um, and, and that, when you go back and look at the test results, you could see why they've been so successful in the past. That's where the edges have been. So when you have a pullback, how do you know when to get in, when it's not going to just keep falling, or when it's a temporary pullback? Well, we're looking. There's a number of different things that go into it. it it's by by saying um, look to buy a pullback. It's that it's more of a generic term. We have a number of different um, vehicles to to be able to look at and, and identify which pullbacks um, ho hopefully are better than other pullbacks. But one of the simple ways to do that is is, is there's two pieces to it. One is that um, if, if you're going to be buying stocks, you want to be buying stocks that are above the 200-day simple moving average. And you can find that information. Most charting packages have that. You can also get that information on Yahoo Finance if you just click on Yahoo Finance's charts and, and you set the moving average there under the technical indicators. Um, you want to be buying stocks that are above the 200-day moving average. They tend to be safer than buying stocks below the 200-day moving average. So we're looking to buy pullbacks on stocks that are above the 200-day moving average. And then simply to, we, we use different ways to be able to identify them. One, is the, one of the simple ways to do it, again, you could do this in Yahoo Finance on the technical indicators, is look at a thing called the Relative Strength Index. And when you, when you click that on, you'll set the default to a two-period Relative Strength Index. And when you see that at extremely low levels, meaning it's below 10 or even below 5, it runs, it runs basically from 0 to 100. So if you see the extremely low levels, those tend to be better places to be looking to be buying stocks as opposed to after the stock, for example, has broken out and, and is made Meaning it has belt relatively low relative strength. It's not performing as well as others in its industry, and that's when you're buying it on a pullback. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah this, is a, this is a little bit different. Um, the, the, this relative strength is not, um, is not the ones that IBD uses. It's, a, it's basically a, it's a, it's an oscillator that measures the, the strength in the stock itself. So when that stock has pulled back uh, and the stock has, has moved up because it's above the 200-day moving average, and then it's pulled back, as measured by that relative strength, those are usually good times to be able to buy those stocks. And do you put in a buy order, say the stocks that gone up to 15 and you want it to pull back to 13, uh, you'll put a buy order in, in advance at 13 and hope it hits it? Is that where you do it, or do you have to actually wait for it to go down to actually buy it on a pullback? Well, we're, we're going we're to wait for the stock to pull back. So the, so the stock, um, in using an example from, from 15, might, might, might have already pulled back, so it's pulled back to, to 14 at the 13th. 
13 and a half, and we have indicators that are telling us it may be a good place to buy. And then ideally what we'd like to do is wait for it to pull back even further on an intraday basis. So we'll, we'll have an order in there, as you mentioned, at, 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 let's say 13 is that number. We'll, we'll have a resting order there looking to buy at 13 with the idea that, that if the stock pulls back further we'll, and it reaches that price, we'll get filled on that price. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. One of your other, uh, and again, I'm speaking with Larry Connors, who's an expert on technical and short-term trading. His new book is called Short-Term Trading Strategies That Work. Uh, people can find out about it. Uh, there's also a website, tradersgalleria.com, and a phone number, uh, 888-484-8220, to find out more about uh, Larry and his book as well. Uh, one of your next rules is to buy the market after it's dropped, not after it's risen. These are all things that are maybe technically right, but emotionally are difficult to do. Uh, how does one know, you know when the market's dropped enough or, or if it's going to keep dropping? Yeah, it's, um, it, it, it ties to that, that the two-period RSI oscillator that I mentioned is, is, a, is, a, good, um, is, a, is a good place to, to, to start. Um, but again, in, in running different tests, so if you take a look at, at the stock market, and again, go back more than a decade, if you take a look at how the market has done after it's dropped three days in a row versus after it's, it's, it's risen three days in a row, after it's dropped three days in a row, for example, it's, it's like you mentioned, it's, there's a lot of... Um, there's negativity out there that, that there may be some sort of bad news. Um, people are getting nervous. Those have tended to be the better times to be buying the market versus after it's run up for three days in a row and everybody seems to be getting excited. That money's already been committed to the market. Um, there's a pretty substantial difference between buying on a, on a, on a three-day after the market's dropped three days in a row versus after it's risen three days in a row. And, and again, it, it's, we, we see this statistically all the way through. It is better to be buying um, after the market has dropped and after it's risen. And has this worked this year in 2008? We've had several days where the market just kept dropping and didn't seem to have any support whatsoever. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, this year, is the market's been below the 200-day moving average the entire year. So really, if someone is trading the market, they're, they're, they're either doing one of two things. One, they're, they're either sitting in cash because it's below the 200-day moving average, or they're, they're basically shorting into strength. So the market has risen. And then after after it rises, they're looking to sell in, in, into those rallies. It's been a it's been an excellent strategy. And so that's what you've been doing. It's been mostly short this year. Um, pretty, yes, the major a uh, good a good deal of our trading this year has um, has been focused on the on the short side, especially with the ETFs. And have you been using the short uh, ETFs and the uh, double short leveraged uh, ETFs uh, to, yes. for that strategy? Y- yes, that's correct. So when you have the double ETFs, it really increases your volatility dramatically, right? It, it does. It basically is double, and, and, and people should be careful when trading those things because they're, they're basically, it, it, it's, two, it's approximately two times leverage, and now they have the three times leverage ones. So it is. It's, it's really, um, before someone goes to a 2X or a 3X, it's best to start with the, with the, with the regular ETFs, and um, when they get comfortable with that, then they can move into, because just as you mentioned, it's higher volatility and there's greater risk involved. And, and are you anticipating going forward in 2009 that it's, you're going to stay the same? I mean, we're going to remain below the 200 moving average for a long time. Is you, most of your trades are going to be on the short side or doing inverse ETFs? Um, it, it, it has been, and as long as the market remains below the 200-day, I mean, we'll selectively see some things of, of, of that, that, that may be there on the long side. But mo- most of our most of our trading is is um, is is either shorting or going long the inverse ETF, so we're, we're taking advantage of the declines. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of your next uh, rules is, is having to do with the VIX, which is the volatility index. Yep. Uh, how do people use the VIX uh, to profit? Yep. 
Um, the, the VIX has become um, pretty popular out there, and the Wall Street Journal now almost daily discusses the VIX, and a, a, another name for it is the fear index. And, and basically, the higher the VIX is, the higher the VIX is, the greater the, the, the greater the volatility is in the marketplace, and also the greater the fear is in the marketplace. If we if we remember back what happened in October when the market really sold off um, pretty heavily, there was a great deal of fear in the marketplace, and the VIX ended up going up to levels that hadn't been seen. Um, these were the highest levels in the, over the past. They were the highest levels in the past 20 years. So there was a great deal of fear in the marketplace. Ideally, we want to be using we we want to be identifying the times when there's the greatest amount of fear, and looking to be buying during those periods of time. Okay, we'll get into this more. I'm speaking with Larry Connors, uh, whose new book is called Short-Term Trading Strategies That Work. Uh, his website is tradersgalleria.com. Uh, also, his, the phone number to find out more about him and his book is 888-484-8220. And we'll be back after this. Money, money, up-to-date business and financial news. Money, money. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Have you found yourself overwhelmed or stalled, not getting the goals you dream of? Hear what the experts say about how you can break through solutions, systems, skills. Get your strategy on track and accelerate your business success. Join Linda Feinholz every Monday for The Spark Effect. Linda and her guests will show you and your team exactly how to grow your business further, faster, easier. The Spark Effect is heard every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. There are so many challenges facing management today around the world. The New Management Network is here to provide practical insight and solutions for many of these challenges. Hosts Don and Bonnie Folk will explore topics designed to help you get the competitive upper hand, including organizational tools, personality and leadership, cutting-edge management tips, and much more. Join the New Management Network live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Network. the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Larry Connors, who's Managing Director of Connors Research. Uh, he's come out with a new book called Short-Term Trading Strategies That Work. Uh, you can find out more about it at his overall website, which is tradingmarkets.com. Uh, there's also a phone number, 
484-8220. Welcome back to the show, Larry. Thank you, George. We were talking about the VIX, and I just want to describe that a little bit more. Uh, it's kind of a sense of fear. The higher it goes, the more fear there is in the marketplace. Once you see volatility in the VIX itself, and it's been moving up and down all over the place, uh, how do you use that to make trades either long or short? Well, in, in this in this market, especially with the market, um, the S and P is below its 200-day moving average. You, you you want you want to be able to try to identify um, short signals by using the VIX. So, what would happen is you put it if you put a 10-period moving average on the VIX. And again, these are things that you can do. What people can do on their charting packages, they can also do it on Yahoo Finance. If you put a 10-period simple moving average on the VIX and, and see that the VIX is is moved well under that 10-period moving average. Um, it basically tells you that the, that this that this um, they've, they've likely rallied the market up because of, it, it might be a short covering rally or they, they've become a little bit um, too enthusiastic about the market, and that that's a good place to be looking to potentially be able to to short the market as a whole. And then how about when the VIX soars as it did earlier, went up to eighty and ninety, I guess, at a certain peak? Is that a time to be? Uh, what do you do when fear is very high like this? A time to buy? It's better. It's better when the market is above. The answer is yes, but it's better when the market is above its 200-day moving average. It just um, there's this, the VIX itself. Um, it's best to split it when when you see when the when the market is above its 200-day. Um, you want to see the VIX to be extremely high. When it, when the VIX when the market's below the 200-day, you want to see the see the VIX to be lower than normal. What you'll do is you'll if you if you look back. Um, if you look back, for example, heading into the week of Thanksgiving, you'll see that the VIX had pulled back as the market rallied. The VIX had pulled back pretty pretty sharply during that period of time, and then that following Monday, if you remember, it was the fourth largest drop in the history of the Dow um, mm-hmm. as far as the total amount of points. I mean, the VIX had gotten to a point which basically said that there was too much complacency in the marketplace, and then the market got hit real hard that Monday. So the VIX is a very good uh, sentiment indicator of how fearful or, or Greedy people are, I guess. When the VIX gets very low, it, people are greedy, right? Um, yes. If if we look back, um, if you look if you look back in 2006 in the first in, in early 2007, you'll see VIX. The, the VIX got as low as for for a couple of days there. It got under 10 um, to, to to show the type of greed that was in the marketplace and complacency at that time. And then when the market sold off, and we had the big sell off there in September and October. The VIX got as high as 80. Um, which was basically showing just how much fear that there was in the marketplace. So, uh, as you said, it it is a good it is a good sentiment indicator. In my opinion, it's, it might be the best um, indicator of fear and greed that's out there. So, just to reconfirm, since the the market overall today and basically for all of 2008 has been selling below its 200-day moving average, you're using the VIX more uh, when the VIX drops as a sign to buy on dips, as opposed to sell when the market is. Uh, when the VIX is, is soaring, is that correct? Yeah, we would be looking to be. We would look when the when the VIX is dropping. Uh, we'd be looking to we'd be looking to short. We, we would be looking to short into that marketplace. Yes, again, okay. the market's below the two hundred day. Okay, your next uh, rule is stops hurt. Uh, now, people always say to use stops to prevent uh, big downsides from running away with you. Why do you say that uh, people should not be using stop orders? Okay, um, th- there's a couple things there. For, First, um, I, I won't go as far as saying people should not use stops. If you're comfortable, and a lot of people are comfortable using stops, then continue using stops. So what we did is, again, we, we, we've run um, numerous studies, numerous um, studies that have shown that, that using stops tend to hurt the performance, that, that a stock will end up hitting the stop, get stopped out, and then, then the market, then the stock itself may end up rallying back up again. Um, in, in, 
it's basically a way of saying that there's that stops a reform of insurance. And all insurance costs money, and at least in our opinion, there's, there, there might be better forms of insurance there. Using smaller position size um, without stops may, may be a better way to trade than using stops. But if you take a look at the test results, stops tend to hurt the performance when you, when you take a look, when, when you have large sample sizes and you, you look at a number of trades over a number of years. Is that because of, uh, the, the stock tends to be volatile and it hits the stops and then it goes back up again? If you have a stop uh, below, you tend to... That's the point where which it turns around or something. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, oftentimes that does happen. In fact, um, I, I think we showed it in the book that we even showed that even stomps as far as away as 50% um, tended to hurt performance, which is pretty crazy. If you put in, if you buy a stock at 50, um, but put a stop in at 25, and I don't think many of us would consider that a stop. Um, even even a stop at 50% away um, hurt performance versus not having a stop. So, so what you're saying is that you have to monitor these things closely, that you can't use automatic systems uh, and kind of work, go away from your computer and then something dramatic happens because there will be no ongoing insurance protection if you don't have stops. Well, the, well, the stops don't do anything from protecting from overnight risk. Um, a, a stock can, if a stock is trading, let's say, at, at $60 a share and you have your stop in at 50 and the stop happens to gap down the next morning at 30, you're going to get filled at 30. So that stop, that stop does nothing to protect from overnight risk. One mm-hmm. of the things that does protect from overnight risk is having smaller position size. Um, and, and, and that's why it's, it's by, by, having, by having a smaller amount of your portfolio in, in a stock, it basically acts as, a, it acts in, at least in, in, in our opinion, it acts as better insurance than a stop, which only helps intraday. So, so how many positions do you think a, a normal trader who's, who's into this should be having at any particular time? Well, it, de- it depends upon, um, that becomes a personal question and depends upon how much risk people are, 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 willing, to, are willing to take. A- at a max, though, um, I would say no more than 10% in any one position. And if you're looking to be even more, more prudent than that, you'd be looking to, to be 2 to 4% in a position. A- again, um, it, 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 it's, it, if you have 10% in a position in the stock, that does what we just talked about, went from 60 to 30, um, you lost 5%. It, it's, it's, 5% is tough, but it's, it, it's not as difficult to make back than if you had 100% in that stock and ended, it ended up losing 50%. Making yeah. back 50% is pretty difficult. Do you use uh, options as well as individual stocks and ETFs? Um, we do. We sometimes use options. We'll use options sometimes to hedge positions. We'll also use options sometimes to, to, to hopefully bring in some additional income in a position. Um, but, but options, is, um, the, the, you, you want to be trading the options in the more liquid type of ETFs that are out there um, in the more liquid stock. In, in, in options that are more liquid, for example, that are in the things like the SPY and the QQQQs, um, they're, they're, they, tend to, they tend to trade better, and, and that, that's where you want to be looking at the options. Okay. Now, one of your other rules is it pays to hold positions overnight. Again, a lot of people are worried that something dramatic is going to happen and there's after-hours activity and you really shouldn't be exposed to that. Why do you say it does pay to hold positions overnight? Yeah, so it's a valid point. We, it, it, again, we, we, this is all from, from test results. What we did was we went back in, um, from 1995, and I believe that the test results we ran through, through the, the end of 2007. And what we looked at was, actually, we, we updated these results recently, so it's, it was actually through the, through the end of October 2008 was the last time we ran it. And basically, if you if you bought the market on the close and sold it on the open, versus buying it on the open and selling it on the close, um, you you would have picked up all the gains 
in the marketplace, you would have picked up more than 100% of the gains in the marketplace by buying it at the close and selling at the open versus if you bought it on the open and sold it at the close. In fact, you would have lost money. Um, on a net basis, uh, an individual would have lost money by buying the market on the open and selling it on the close every day from 1995 up through, up through October 2008. So one's been amply rewarded for holding those positions overnight. Again, it's the opposite of what's pretty much been taught out there. And even if there's adverse news, uh, adverse to your position anyway, uh, overall you're saying it, it, that tends not to happen that much. Well, it's it's the it's war of law of large of large numbers here, Bill. Again, we looked at every day beginning in 1995 and going up through October 2008. So, of course, there were times that there was um, that, that there was um, overnight gaps, but on a, on a net basis, um, one picked up 100 more than 100 percent of the gains in, in the marketplace, and um, the losses came from holding from buying on the open and, and, and selling at the close. We looked at that both in the S&P 500 and also on the NASDAQ 100. Okay. Again, I'm speaking with Larry Connors, who's Managing Director of Connors Research. Uh, his website is tradingmarkets.com. Uh, there's a phone number to find out as well about him, and it's at 888-484-8220. Uh, his new book is called Short-Term Trading Strategies That Work. And we're not going to get to all these, but we're getting to several of his trading strategies. Uh, you also talk about trading with intraday drops, uh, making edges even bigger. How does that work? If you, if you identify stocks, you go, we go back to where we talked about before. Stocks above a 200-day moving average, it's pulled back to a certain level. If you're, if you're able to buy it on an intraday basis at an even lower level, meaning that, that the, if, you, if the stock, um, let's say, pulled back to 14, if you're able to buy that on an intraday basis, Basis one, two, three percent lower. The, the the average gain per trade tends to get tends to get bigger. They, again, this is now on looking at on averages. But what what it, what it goes back to, Jordan, is just basically it goes back to the proverb: buy low and sell high. It's looking to be buying on pullbacks and then selling into into the strength. Mm-hmm. You also have something called a double seven strategy. How does that work? Um, double sevens works with the with the um, if someone wants to trade. Buys or using the S and P 500, it's basically just looking at when when the S and P 500 is above the 200-day moving average and it closes at a seven-day low, you can you can simply buy the the S and P at that period of time, and then you exit when it makes us when it, you exit when it makes a seven-day high, and at least on a historical basis, that has been correct approximately 80 percent of the time, um, going back more than a decade, and again just just another example of buying buying on the pullbacks, and then selling it to the strength. But again, that hasn't been working this year because the S&P has, has not been above its 200-day moving average. So do you do this in reverse? Uh, can, yes, that's correct. You can do that in, in reverse. You'd be looking to sell seven-day highs and, and then buy them back when they, make seven, when they made seven-day lows. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so people understand, at your service at tra- tradingmarkets.com, you are telling people on a daily basis uh, – what you see in the markets, and you know, are we in the seven days, or what stocks are up or down, or ETFs? You're, you're kind of telling them on an ongoing basis what, how to interpret all this. Is that correct? Um, yes, that's correct. We talk about the overall market, we talk about stocks, and we talk about ETFs. Some t- t- today was pretty much the, the the main focus. Today was the the, the one ETF that stood out today was um, for, for today's trading was was Brazil, which was EWZ on the short side. You could see if, if anyone wants to punch up e- EWZ. You can see how overbought it was, and um, now the stock is coming in here as we speak. It's been going lower as we speak. 
Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is again is Jordan Goodman. My uh, guest this hour is Larry Connors, who's director of uh, research at Connors Research. Uh, his website, tradingmarkets.com. The phone number for his service is 888-484-8220. His book is called Short-Term Trading Strategies That Work. And we'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, investments, refinancing. We can help you. Call now toll free. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. No excuses, no delays. If you have goals you want to achieve or changes you need to make, then it's time to take charge of your life with America's change buddy, Nancy Christie. This show will help you lead a more productive and fulfilling life starting now. Take Charge of Your Life challenges you to expand your sense of possibilities. Take Charge of Your Life with Nancy Christie is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Let change be a positive force in your life. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and I'm going to speak now about various ways to make money in uh, the tough times we're in. I've done a book called Fast Profits in Hard Times, uh, 10 Secret Strategies to Make You Rich in an Up or Down Economy. Uh, there is a website related to the book, which is uh, fastprofitsinhardtimes.com. And I'm going to briefly go over some of the strategies that I've talked about in there and where, where I see them uh, standing today, uh, because I think these are the things that really could do very well for you. Uh, and one of the areas I'd like to focus on is uh, o the oil and gas market. Now, oil and gas uh, had a very big rise earlier this year, up to almost $150 a barrel. Uh, lately, it's come down to in the $40 to $50 a barrel range. Um, and my view is, in the long run, oil is going to go back up uh, because uh, there's not that much new supply being created. And uh, demand, which is down now, will come back up uh, at some point as well as the economy recovers. Uh, oil has also come down 
because the U.S. dollar has been rising uh, pretty sharply against foreign currencies as a safety haven. People have been going into the dollar, uh, even though they're getting almost no return, uh, because they're worried about uh, the safety of their money. And as the dollar's been going up, oil and gold and other hard assets have been coming down. I think that's going to reverse at some point, probably during 2009. Uh, the dollar is going to go down because of the huge amount of dollars being created uh, to fund uh, the bailout programs and various kinds of uh, incentives and, and uh, bailouts out there. So when that happens, I think you'll see oil uh, and gold and other kind of commodities uh, start to go up. Now, my two favorite ways of buying uh, oil-related stocks are oil and gas royalty trusts, uh, or what are also called income trusts, and uh, master limited partnerships. Now, income trusts uh, basically uh, have very large reserves of oil and gas, typically 20 to 30 years reserves. Uh, they pump those reserves out and pay uh, extremely high dividends. In many cases today, between 20 and 30 percent annual dividends, and they pay them on a monthly basis. So if you have your money now in a money market fund or a CD uh, earning a very low rate of return, uh, here's a way of earning literally 20, 25, 30 percent returns uh, annually where you're getting a monthly uh, dividend check. And I think when oil prices do go back up, when the dollar starts falling, you're going to see uh, these uh, oil and gas royalty trusts moving up as well. Um, these also do have a tax break uh, for U.S. investors. A lot of these income trusts are based in Canada, um, and some of the uh, return, uh, the dividends that they pay you, is considered return of capital, and therefore that's not taxable uh, for you. Uh, now, there was legislation that, in fact, has gone into effect in Canada. Income trusts used to be uh, not taxed at all at the corporate level and only were taxed as you received dividends. That changed in 2006, the law changed, and it goes into effect in 2011. So at that point, these uh, income trusts are going to have to start paying taxes at the corporate level, which will reduce uh, dividend yields to some extent because they're going to now have to start paying taxes. But still, uh, the yields are going to be very, very high in these kinds of things. Um, the prices of income trusts can be quite volatile uh, based on what's going on with oil and gas prices. Uh, when oil went up earlier this year, these things soared. When oil came down, they came down pretty hard. But now they're at much lower levels, and therefore at, at levels that I think a lot of people uh, should, should find them uh, quite interesting. Um, so I'm going to give you the names of some of my uh, favorite uh, income trusts. Um, and uh, again, these are things you can get directly, or you can um, have the uh, dividends reinvested uh, and make a lot of money uh, that way. And these are, again, more details about these are the book that I've done uh, which is called Fast Profits in Hard Times at the website, fastprofitsinhardtimes.com. Uh, these are my top 20 uh, income trusts. Uh, there's one uh, that actually is based on um, the A&W trademark and A&W root beer and restaurants and so on. So that's called the A&W Revenue Royalties Trust. Uh, the symbol for that is AW. There's another one in the timber area. These are not only oil and gas, but there are also some in timber. Uh, one of my favorite ones there is the Acadian Timber Income Trust. The symbol for that is ADN. Uh, so they have uh, forests all throughout Canada and uh, America. As they cut the timber down and, and sell it for, for lumber products, uh, that's where they get their income. Um, in the petroleum area, there's one called Advantage Energy Income Fund. The symbol for that AAV, uh, which is uh, oil and gas um, throughout uh, Canada for the most part. Uh, there's another one called ARC Energy Trust, which is uh, AET. Uh, that's going to yield over 20% these days. 
Uh, there's another one called Baytex Energy Trust, which is BTE. Uh, that, again, has a yield over 20% today um, and has a, about 20 to 30 years uh, particularly heavy uh, crude oil. Um, there's another one called a Cargo Jet Income Fund, uh, which is a Canadian company uh, that does air cargo services, kind of like the Federal Express of Canada. Uh, they have roughly 50% of the Canadian domestic overnight air cargo capacity um, and have a pretty steady uh, business. Uh, there are even income trusts in the uh, cinema space. There's one called Cineplex Galaxy Income Fund uh, that operates movie theaters uh, throughout Canada that, again, has a pretty steady uh, cash flow. Uh, another uh, energy one is called Enterplus Resources Fund. Uh, ERF is the symbol on that one. Uh, there's another one that's also in the uh, uh, kind of trademark area, which is called the Keg Royalties Income Fund. They had all the trademarks uh, having to do with uh, keg house uh, restaurants and bars, uh, mostly throughout Canada. Another uh, income fund is called Pengrowth Energy Trust. PGH is the symbol on that. Uh, one of the larger ones, uh, pretty much in the oil, uh, methane, and natural gas area. Probably one of the largest oil income trusts in the country is called the Penn West Energy uh, Trust. PWE is the symbol on that. Uh, they have acquired several other income trusts and therefore have very, very uh, strong financials and a, a high dividend yield. And as uh, oil prices have fallen recently, uh, they have not lowered their dividends. Uh, they've been keeping their dividends up, and that's why, while the stocks have come down, the dividends and the dividend yields have gone up really quite dramatically. Uh, another one is called Provident Energy Trust, PVX. Uh, they are mostly natural gas-oriented, but they also have oil sands, and electricity and some pipelines as well, both throughout uh, Canada and the United States. Uh, another timber-oriented uh, income trust is called Timber West Forest, um, and that's uh, TWF. Uh, they do uh, forest industries and harvesting and sale of logs uh, throughout uh, Canada. Uh, there's one in the energy services business, which is called Total Energy Services Fund, uh, which is TEF is the symbol for that, um, and they do oil services, drilling, and production services for oil and gas companies throughout Canada. Uh, another of the larger oil and gas uh, and development companies is called Vermilion Energy Trust, the symbol for that VET uh, that has a very high yield. And the final one I mentioned is the Yellow Pages Income Fund, uh, the symbol for that YLO uh, that does uh, telephone directories uh, throughout uh, Canada um, and they publish all of Bell Canada's directories. Again, it's a pretty stable kind of business. Um, so those are some ways of getting very high yields, uh, paid on a monthly basis, uh, and in many cases, playing uh, rising oil and gas prices, which I think are going to go up after the dollar stops, uh, um, stops its, its strength, which, which has had uh, recently. The other way to play oil and gas are master limited partnerships, or MLPs. These are companies... Uh, that typically have long-term contracts for infrastructure, uh, particularly pipelines, uh, oil and gas pipelines, that carry the gas from the fields to uh, where it's being used, refineries, for example. And therefore, they're not moving as much on the price of oil and gas, but more on the value of these long-term contracts. Uh, so I'll give you some names of my favorite uh, MLPs, as they're called. There's Amerigas Partners, uh, which is APU. Uh, which is uh, the largest propane company in the United States, uh, providing propane uh, to customers in all 50 states. 
Uh, there's Atlas Pipeline Partners, which is APL, uh, which ap operates uh, natural gas pipelines in Ohio, New York, and Pennsylvania. Uh, there's Boardwalk Pipeline Partners, BWP, uh, which does uh, transportation of natural gas throughout the United States, uh, based in Kentucky. Uh, there's Capano Energy, uh, which is CPNO, uh, which has midstream natural gas services uh, throughout uh, Oklahoma and Texas for the most part. Uh, Enbridge Energy Partners, this EEP, provides a crude oil and liquid petroleum gathering and transportation storage throughout the United States. Again, these have yields today of 10 to 15 percent, uh, but they're much more stable than the income trust because they don't move it up and down as much with uh, actually the prices of underlying oil and gas. Another of my favorites is Energy Transfer Partners, which is ETP, uh, which operates uh, gas and transportation uh, throughout the United States. There's another one called Enterprise Products Partners, EPD, based in Houston, uh, which is also pretty much of a natural gas pipeline. They also do uh, liquid natural gas uh, distribution as well. Uh, there's another one in the gas area called Feral Gas Partners. They also do propane uh, throughout the United States. Uh, there's one called Energy, uh, NRGP is the symbol for that one, based in Kansas City, uh, does pretty much natural gas distribution around the country. And then there's one called Magellan Midstream Partners, MMP, which engages in transportation and distribution of uh, refined gas, uh, you know, gasoline at gas stations and that kind of thing throughout the country. Again, a very stable business. Uh, a few others, Rio Vista Energy Partners is RVEP, uh, which is a Houston-based company, basically in liquefied uh, petroleum gas. Uh, Suburban Propane is SPH, uh, does uh, distribution and marketing of propane and fuel oil uh, around the country. Um, and a, a final one would be Terra Nitrogen LP, which is TNH, uh, which actually does distribution of nitrogen fertilizer products in agricultural and industrial markets around the country. Um, so they've got a very uh, consistent market uh, serving the agricultural area. So those are some MLPs uh, that have got very high yields uh, and in many cases uh, consistency that is, is lacking in many, many other companies. Um, you can either buy them directly, as I've mentioned, uh, some of these companies, or there are mutual funds as well that have a diversified portfolio of uh, master limited partnerships some of my favorites there would be the Energy Income and Growth Fund, which is FEN, uh, the Kane Anderson MLP Fund, which is KYN, and uh, the Fiduciary Claymore MLP Fund, which is FMO. Um, so those are some ideas to get you high yields that will do well in this environment. And again, these things you can find out more about in my book, which is Fast Profits and Hard Times at fastprofitsandhardtimes.com. And I'll be back after this. Sell, buy, buy, sell. All we talk about is money. Talk to an expert. Call now. Now, Toll free 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. 
Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. And um, I always take your emails. I'm glad to do so at moneyanswers.com. My theme today is how to profit uh, in hard times and get through the hard times we're in right now. And I want to spend a little time on credit and issues that affect you uh, as far as getting the best deals in credit and, and your mortgages and credit cards and so on. Uh, one area I'm seeing a lot are people who've built up huge amounts of credit card debt at very high interest rates, and in many cases they don't feel there's any way out of it, and it's kind of strangling them, and the credit card companies are continually raising rates, raising fees, uh, raising the minimum amount due, and making it really hard for people to uh, make these payments. Uh, There are several ways to to deal with that. Uh, My favorite way is to go to a national consumer credit counseling agency that will consolidate all your debt into one payment at a lower interest rate. You make one payment to them. They pay all the creditors on a a once-a-month basis. And therefore, uh, because the interest rate is so much lower, you're able to get out of debt many, many years sooner than you would be on your own. If you're paying the minimums on a credit card, it might take you 20 or 25 years to pay them off. If you pay them through a reputable nonprofit credit counseling agency, you can pay them off typically in two to three years, something like that. Uh, my favorite national agency is called Cambridge Credit Counseling, and their phone number is 800-897-2200. Uh, their website, cambridgecredit.org, and they're currently helping about 200,000 people get out of debt, 
and they have all kinds of specific programs uh, that other people do not have uh, that can really work to your advantage. For example, with uh, Chase Manhattan Bank, uh, they have a program where they will take 20% off the top of the amount you owe in principle, also waive all late fees and over-limit charges. This is a pilot program and uh, help you get out of debt much sooner and other uh, credit counseling places tend not to have those those programs. Um, so again, cambridgecredit.org or 800-897-2200. Uh, they're based in Massachusetts, but they work all over the country and have helped an awful lot of people get out of debt in, uh, in various ways. Uh, another way to uh, get out of debt much sooner than you think otherwise would be possible is to do what's called a mortgage equity accelerator. Uh, the website that my, is my favorite there is a, a place called Equity Advantage, and their website is www.truthinequity.com, truthinequity.com. Their phone number, 888-262-5540. And they will work with you uh, to do a mortgage equity accelerator. And briefly, this is how that works. Uh, you create a home equity line of credit on your house instead of your traditional 30-year mortgage. You put your income into the home equity line on an ongoing basis, like you have your paycheck directly deposited to it. You then make your payments for bills out of that home equity line of credit, and the end result is you're paying the mortgage off much, much faster. With a traditional 30-year mortgage, you make one payment a month, and the first 10 to 15 years is pretty much all interest, very little principal is being paid down. But when you do something like this equity advantage loan, uh, you're keep constantly keeping your income in that home equity line, which uh, each day that goes by is pushing that principal down to some extent. Uh, mortgages are based on average daily balance, and therefore you're pushing down that principal on a regular basis. So even though your payment is pretty much the same, and it sounds amazing that this is not possible, in fact, by having your income working towards that uh, home equity line on an ongoing basis instead of just paying down a small amount of principal once a month, with the same income, the same expenses, you can literally pay your mortgage off in about five to seven years. Um, and it then, once you paid it off, you still have the home equity line that you can use uh, to go forward. So it's not as though you do it that way. With a traditional uh, mortgage, it's, it's what I call a one-way mousetrap. You have all your money going into it, but you really can't get the money out of it. With a home equity line, you can put money into it, but you can get money out of it for your uh, regular expenses. Uh, so again, if that helps you, these, these are generically called mortgage equity accelerators. Uh, a website to find out about that is truthinequity.com. Uh, their phone number, 888-262-5540. Uh, another way to uh, help with, with debt in this particular environment is to do what's called a mortgage modification. Uh, now, a mortgage modification is where the bank uh, makes various changes uh, to modify your mortgage. They will potentially lower the interest rate, uh, lower the payment, uh, stretch out the time that you have to repay the loan, basically do whatever they can do to help you uh, stay in the home. Um, there's been tons of tens of thousands of foreclosures out there, and a lot of people uh, don't think the banks are willing to help them, but the banks do not want to foreclose. They've got plenty of real estate as it is, and they're willing to modify your loan in ways uh, that you might not be aware of. Something like 50% of people who ha uh, have their homes foreclosed upon uh, in fact, uh, never communicate with the lenders, and they think there's nothing can be done. Uh, there's a service that can help you do this, uh, and their website is modifymyloan.com. Their phone number is 800-MODIFY-ME, which comes out to 
1-800-227-4396. And they are uh, a group of uh, people who have for many years negotiated with banks uh, to modify loans and mortgages and get people rates and payment terms that they never thought was, was possible before. Um, so that's a, an awful lot of people out there who are, even if you're not yet delinquent, but you're worried about becoming delinquent, uh, a mortgage modification is something that could help you and save you an awful lot of money. Uh, another way to uh, uh, improve your credit is to get better credit cards. Uh, you'll be getting offers in the mail all the time, but in many cases those are the worst offers. The best ones the ones you have to go after. And, and my favorite website to find out the best credit card deals is creditcardperks.com, creditcardperks.com. That's a free website where they list all the different offers, uh, 0% bounce transfer offers. Uh, there are frequent flyer cards. Uh, there are cards for rewards at hotels and retailers, all kinds of different places. Um, secured credit cards if you've had credit issues in the past. Um, no annual fee cards. There's just a lot of different cards. Depending on the way you use your card is which the best card is going to be for you. So Credit Card Perks is a website that can help you find the best credit card for your needs. And one more resource that can help you in these uh, in difficult environments uh, is something that can do what's called credit restoration. Uh, and that website is creditreportabc.com. And what they do is they will help you take derogatory marks off your credit report. Uh, there's a law that went into effect in 2005 called the FACTA law, the Fair and Accurate Credit Transactions Act. And what that allows you to do is challenge derogatory marks on your credit report. And if, in fact, uh, you have, have uh, uh, paid something late, um, you can say, well, I didn't pay it late, or you challenge it. And if the creditor does not get back to the credit bureau within 30 days, in fact, the credit bureau has to take that off your report, even in fact, it was accurate. Um, so there are people who know how to play this game uh, very well. Uh, and if you can get derogatories off your credit report, it makes a huge difference in getting your credit score up, which is going to save you a lot of money in interest costs. Uh, so their website, again, is creditreportabc.com uh, to help take derogatory marks off your credit report. And one final resource is to monitor your credit on an ongoing basis. Uh, use the Equifax Credit Watch system, and their website is www.guardmycredit.com. Uh, you can see your credit report, see your score. Uh, it also protects you against identity theft, which is a big problem these days. They also give you guidance on if you make certain credit moves, is that going to help or hurt your credit score in various ways. Um, so that's run by Equifax, and it's got a lot of useful information on there. So those, again, are some resources that can help you uh, in these tough economic times and during the credit crunch. Uh, get your credit score in as good shape as possible with something like GuardMyCredit.com or CreditReportABC.com. Uh, if you have to, modify your mortgage with something like uh, ModifyMyLoan.com, or you can potentially use the uh, mortgage equity acceleration strategy at a place like TruthAndEquity.com. So hope that's been helpful, and there's lots of ways you can do well in this very tough economic environment. So those are some investing ideas and some ways to help you improve your credit. Thank you, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. 
All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk talk money money all the time. Voice America Business. 